This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, that didn't take long, as expected. Uh, the family of George Floyd, his, uh, uh, his daughter, they're suing Kanye West uh, for, uh, for hurting their feelings. That would be the Alex Jones precedence. And uh, I guess no good deed goes unpunished. Kanye West, this would be the same Kanye West who donated $2 million to the George Floyd, Floyd family and set up a fund to pay for the education to the little girl who's now suing him for hurting her feelings. Uh, we'll give you all the details on that. We have another Joe Biden, Ron Burgundy moment. I guess I, I, don't, I don't have to say that. We just know every day we'll have a Joe Biden gaffe. As long as he's out there in front of the cameras on the campaign trail, we know our, uh, our buffoon in chief will step in it. And so will his vice president, of course, Tom Brady, not having a good week. Tom Brady compares playing in the NFL where players get half the year off to being on a military deployment. What are you thinking, Tom? Uh, <laughs> we have the, perhaps the most brazen, the most disgusting drag queen event, a uh, drag queen uh, performing for children in Texas. How is this happening in Texas, by the way? I think at some point people are going to wake up to this and say, what the hell is going on? Um, my, my choice for vice president in 2024, Carrie Lake schools, the media yet again, God, she's a great candidate. Um, the Washington post, uh, just doesn't understand why those stupid voters aren't buying their slogan, you know, a threat to democracy, election deniers. They're, they're doing their best at the Bezos post to drag the Democrats across the finish line. And it just ain't working. And talk about an upset. The NASCAR suspends Bubba Wallace for a race and bl and puts all the blame on him. And we will be watching during the show to see if Jamel Hill or Stephen A. Smith or, or Max Kellerman or any of the usual suspects chimes in to call NASCAR racist. You know it's coming. And uh, a really nice tribute to Bill Russell at the Boston Garden last night with a really strange performance by the poet, the poet laureate of Boston. Why, where did this come from? Why can't they just have players come back, talk about how, how great Russell was? No, we need a poem. And I'm just going to say, it's not the best poem. It's just not. nothing. It doesn't even rhyme. I don't get it. We'll, we'll tell you about that and lots more on today's Callahan Show, brought to you by Bastion Pens. Uh, we're excited to introduce our newest sponsor, Bastion Bolt Action Pens. If you're the type of person who prefers good old-fashioned pen and paper to digital note-taking, you want a pen that performs. That's why I'm thrilled to have Bastion Pens as a sponsor, because they're designed in the USA to last a lifetime. The Bastion Executive Bolt Action Pen combines the highest quality materials and modern design with fine-tuned craftsmanship to create a winning instrument that is as luxurious as it is practical. They have several material options to choose from, including carbon fiber, stainless steel, aluminum, and titanium. No matter which material you go with, the pens are strong enough to break through glass or be used as a self-defense instrument in case of an emergency. Seriously. Uh, the bolt action mechanism is extremely satisfying. It's even fun to fidget with, to play with, just click with. Well, to help write your legacy, Bastion Pens has a special offer for listeners of the Callahan Show. Use promo code Jerry at checkout and get 20% off your entire order. That's promo code Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, for 20% off. Just go to bastionboltactionpen.com or click the link in our social media bio. All right, before, uh, before I get going here, I have to ask a question that, that I, I, I wonder this every time we get close to an election, at least in the post-Trump era. I see these polls every day, every news outlet, every show, every podcast talks about polls. And John Fetterman is still leading in the polls, even though he has brain damage and can't complete a sentence. Mark Kelly, that little squish out in Arizona, is still leading Blake Masters by a point or two in the polls. Uh, some of these polls just, just baffle me. Kathy Hochul, the unelected, unhinged governor of Cal uh, New York, is leading, although it's tightened, over Lee Zeldin, a war hero. 
and a and a guy determined to fight crime to stop the crime. She's leading in the polls in New York, and uh, some polls have her up big, some have it closer. But I want to know who is being polled. I, I I've never been polled I, this campaign season. I've not. I've yet to receive a phone call uh, from anybody. I've yet to be stopped in the street by any pollster. I think. These polls are all wrong. They're all skewed. They're all uh, irrelevant. And I'll tell you why. I know lots of uh, Trump supporters. Some of my best friends are Trump supporters. I don't know anybody. I mean, nobody who would actually take a phone call from a pollster. I don't know anybody who would sit there and say, oh, oh, let's see. I got a number here. I don't recognize it. It's a number from uh, New York or or uh, or Chicago. or uh, I think. You know, I'll take 10 minutes out of my busy day. Let me chat. Hello. Hello. Oh, sure. Sure. I got all the time you need. Oh, oh, yeah. My, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'll give you my name. I'll give you my uh, uh, party affiliation. I'll give you my, my, my income, my age. What do you, what else do you need? Oh, do I, uh, do I think Donald Trump's a threat to them? Of course I think he's a threat to them. <laughs> oh yes. I care about, I care about January 6th. I care about climate change. Yes. That's the most important thing to me. Everyone I know, if they were to get a call and I don't accidentally answer the phone and it's some pollster from ABC news or Quinnipiac, they would mess with them. That's what they would do. They would mess with them. If they, if they took the call at all, they would never take it seriously. They would never indulge the pollster with a serious uh, uh, question and answer uh, session for, for 10, 15 minutes. I mean, nobody, I, I, I'm, even if you're a political junkie, even if you're retired, even if you're bored, even if you're at home alone with nothing else to do, I know nobody I don't think I've ever met anybody who would take that seriously. So how are these pollsters getting these responses in this day and age? Nobody picks up their phone. Nobody that I know when they see a strange number. And if they did, if they said, you know, I think they would do it as a joke. They would mess with these people. There's that's why I think the polls are skewed in a really good, good way. Because maybe, I don't know, maybe Democrats do it. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe the, the people, the hardcore climate change nuts, you know, some of these losers who are blocking traffic or throwing soup on paintings, maybe they want to have their voices heard. So they, in, uh, they participate in these polls. But what normal person takes a poll seriously, answers the question honestly? Anybody? Have you done that, Ironhead? Have you taken a call from a pollster and told her or him you know, your deep, your, 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 uh, your feelings about the, about the election, about various candidates. I, I don't, I don't get how these things work in this day and age. No, I, I, I think, I feel like someone actually put my number on some sort of uh, like list because I've been getting an obnoxious amount of texts from them. I just haven't filled any of them out though. I mean, I've gotten texts looking for money. I I'm on some, obviously some mailing lists or calling lists and, I'll get texts from, uh, you know, Jeff Deal in the uh, in the Massachusetts governor's race. And I mean, obviously, I'm going to support him. Obviously, you know, no normal human being is going to support Maura Healy, a woman who supported, who praised, who cheered on the riots and the arson from Antifa. I mean, no decent, hardworking taxpayer is going to support Maura Healy. But that's not who gets uh, that's not who votes in Massachusetts. The political machine is uh fired up right now and they're going to vote for the people you know the 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 the, the, the base is going to turn out the non-working class people with their palms out looking for something from daddy government that's who supports maura healy and she'll she'll win we don't we massachusetts doesn't matter hell there are actual elections in new york and in uh, connecticut and in rhode island and maine but not us we're still holding out we're still irrelevant to the national political scene but I look at the the polls vary, and this one group, Trafalga, Trafalgar, who is more accurate than the others because they're nonpartisan, and I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they get people on the phone, but they're generally more accurate, and I think this case they will be. I mean, the latest poll has Mark Kelly up on Blake Masters, who absolutely eviscerated Kelly in the debate, and who's made the border, who's made immigration the number one issue in Arizona. And Kelly, an open borders Biden Democrat, is leading by one point. I just looked at it. 
That can't be true. That cannot be accurate. There is nobody in uh, in, in Arizona supporting the open border candidate, uh, the, the Biden rubber stamp. That can't be true. And I think people understand that because when they talk about the uh, race in the, you know, national pundits just assume Blake Masters is leading or it's, or it's, it's, you know, it's tied. It's within the margin of error. Nobody believes like Fetterman is actually leading. Nobody believes that there are people, millions of Pennsylvania voters who are going to turn out and vote for a, a brain damaged socialist. It just doesn't seem possible. That's not, Massachusetts. That's not Hawaii. That's not a, a deep blue place. It's Pennsylvania. You're, you're telling me people are going to vote and elect a guy who wants to shut down their energy industry, put hundreds of thousands of hardworking Pennsylvanians out of business. They're going to vote for that guy. Maybe we'll see 20 days away. And I just don't get it. I just don't get who is, uh, Who's answering the phone? Who's who's filling out these or who's uh, giving these responses, these answers to uh, pollsters uh, that I keep uh, hearing and reading about? It just doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping they're inaccurate because I'm hoping Trump voters either ignore the pollsters or mess with them. The third option that a Trump supporter, a MAGA person who hates the media, Who's, who's fed up with the, with, the, with the rigged game the media plays, they're never going to say, oh, gee, yeah, you're from CNN, you're from CBS. You know, let's chat. Can't happen. There is a, a, in a related story, before we get to uh, Kanye and the George Floyd family, I want to mention this because this is a story this morning in the New York, New York Post, which just, I mean, the Washington Post, the Bezos Post, which just cracked me up. Uh, the headline is Democrats' failure to make 2022 about the threat to democracy. Now, if you've been paying attention at all, you know there's this slogan, this this sophomoric, simplistic slogan that the Democrats and the media have come up with, and it helps in, in hopes of uh, defying the odds and, and winning elections. You know, winning Congress, winning the Senate, and it's oh, the Republicans are a threat to democracy. You hear it all day if you put on CNN, if you put on. NBC, MSNBC, if you read, you know, these rags like the Washington Post, New York Times, you hear it over and over. They're a threat to democracy. I was just watching one weirdo on MSNBC saying you have a simple choice. You either vote for the Democrat or you vote for a fascism. And no one ever says, can you explain that to me? I know I've asked this before, but what does a threat to democracy look like? They can't answer that question. They just... They want you to buy into the buzzwords. They, they want you to swallow their slogan as silly and stupid and, ch- and childish as it is. Threat to democracy. Oh, you're going to vote for an election denier? What? As we've mentioned many times, every election since 2000, since, uh, since Gore versus uh, Bush has been, the Democrats if they've, they've either won or they've denied the result. They've either won or they refused to accept the result. The famous, obviously, Hillary Clinton still hasn't accepted 2016. I mean, all the, the people on the January 6th committee, Jamie Raskin, who, who, who uh, 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 denied the uh, results of the 2020 election. Obviously, the most famous is Stacey Abrams, still thinks she's governor. None of those people were election deniers. The only election deniers are the people who thought the uh, 2020 election was rigged. And it was, as we've, as we've made clear many times, big tech, big media colluded with the Biden team and rigged the election. You did not get to read about uh, the Hunter Biden laptop and all the uh, involvement overseas and dirty business dealings that Joe Biden has. That, that was uh, suppressed in an effort to carry Biden over the finish line. It worked, but it was rigged. We all know that. Anyway, this story is just hilarious because they can't understand why voters uh, just won't, un- just can't uh, agree that uh, Republicans are election deniers and a threat to democracy. In fact, the poll they did just backfires. 
A new poll reinforces the Democrats haven't driven the argument home. Many Americans view Trump as a major threat to democracy, but the Republican Party, not so much. A New York Times Siena College poll shows 45% of Americans regard Trump as a major threat to democracy, but just 28% say the same thing about the GOP. See, they want to brand all Republicans as threats to democracy and people just aren't buying it. Those dumb voters just won't buy the silly slogan. That 28% figure is smaller than the percentage who view the Democratic Party as a threat to democracy, despite there being no comparable example of Democrats trying to overturn an election. And no, Stacey Abrams and Hillary Clinton aren't analogous. They're just, they're so pissed that the people just won't buy that what they're selling. Some of this partisanship, along with the Republicans' successful attempts to play up the issue of voter fraud, despite an utter lack of evidence that it's a problem in American elections, polls have long showed Republicans and Democrats view the other side as a threat to democracy. But if you dig deeper, you'll see that isn't the full story. It's, it's also the case that many Democratic voters haven't been convinced that the problem goes beyond Trump. The poll shows 71% of Trump 2020 voters regard Democrats as a major threat to democracy, but just 52% of Biden voters say the same thing about the GOP. Uh, they, they just can't handle it. And, and they point out that Democrats, I mean, voters don't care about January 6th. It just doesn't matter to them. If you look at the polls, January 6th is like not in the top 10 of issues. Neither, by the way, is climate change. The media is watching, seeing, feeling their power slipping away. They're demanding, begging voters to care about climate change. I just watched a a segment on CNN saying climate change is wreaking havoc on the country because there are, we had a hurricane and now there's a forest fire. So it must be climate change and all you all you deniers that just won't go out there and buy a Tesla. It's your fault. People are laughing at them now. And this is the best. This is the most glorious development. I've, I know I've said this before. It felt like, you know, during the Trump years, it was happening. But I think there's a real rejection of the corporate media and the narrative that they're pushing people aren't they, they don't care about January 6th. They know it was one day, one regrettable day, three hours. There was a riot. A bunch of idiots climbed in the windows. The only person who died was a Trump supporter, an Air Force veteran shot in the throat by a Capitol Hill cop. Um, they compare that to, you know, a summer, a summer of violence in 2020 by the BLM crowd, by the Antifa and they see that it's completely overblown and exaggerated, and they just aren't buying it. Yeah, they go through, Washington Post goes through, oh, Doug Mastriano in Pennsylvania, Kerry Lake, Blake Masters. They're all election deniers. Why are you people? Why are you, how can you support someone who said the election was stolen? And then they turn around and endorse, you know, Stacey Abrams. It just, <laughs> it just ain't working. I enjoy nothing more than watching the, uh, the corporate media, these frauds, these liars, these cor- these absolute corrupt, scummy, sleazy partisans, watching them feel that their influence, their power is slipping away. And the, and the voters, the electorate just won't play along. There is nothing better. I've told you about my, my choice in 2024. Again, I appreciate all Trump did. I appreciate him calling out the media, exposing the, the, the swamp. Um, but my ticket for 2024 is DeSantis Lake. And obviously we've talked a lot about DeSantis. He's just great. He's just, he's just the best. He, he, they, they want to destroy him. They want to dig up dirt and garbage on him. They can't, he did it. Uh, uh, by the way, the, the proof that he's done a great job. I don't know if you saw this. I tweeted it out uh, the other day. Somebody monitored. It was, I think it was Newsbusters monitored, um, the network news and CNN and MSNBC, their coverage of the aftermath of Hurricane Ian across the board, zero minutes, no mention, you know, two, three weeks, two and a half weeks after the hurricane, they're done. They've moved on. They tried to label, you know, they tried to uh, hang that uh, 
the, the late call for an evacuation on, on uh, DeSantis didn't work. They, they, they tried. They tried to make it his Katrina. It failed. They've moved on. There are no more mentions of Hurricane Ian, which is proof that DeSantis did a spectacular job. But I'm telling you, he's my favorite right now. He's my choice in 2024 for obvious reasons. He's got all the same policies as Trump with none of the baggage. Beautiful young family, smart, well-educated Navy man, just a great candidate. And and hopefully Trump is gracious enough to step aside and join forces and support him. That's what I'm hoping. It's probably not going to happen. There'll probably be a fight for the nomination. But for now, I can dream. Anyway, here's my uh, um, vice presidential candidate for, for many reasons, not the least of which she drives the media insane. They keep trying to label her election denier and, and uh, threat to democracy. By the way, I know I've asked this before, but what does a threat to, and I don't know why someone can't follow this up when one of these candidates or one of these uh, media hacks mentions a threat to democracy. Why can't they say, can you explain that? What do you mean? What, what, what's the threat to, I don't even understand. They keep saying the threat to democracy and they never explain how that works. How would Carrie Lake or Blake Masters or or Dr. Oz threaten democracy? I mean, I would say a threat to democracy would be Joe Biden going to the Saudis and trying to get them to release more oil to affect the midterms or Joe Biden tapping in once again to our strategic, strategic petroleum reserves just before the election to rig the election. Those would be threats to democracy. I would say arresting lawyers for Donald Trump, arresting pro-life advocates at gunpoint, throwing them in jail. That to me would be a threat to democracy. I'm not sure what Kerry Lake or, or Dr. Oz has done to threaten democracy, but it doesn't matter. It's just a cheap uh, election year uh, slogan. That's all it is. It's childish. It's, it's just not working, which is the best part. They're trying and they're failing. They're trying to stop this wonderful woman, former TV anchor, good looking, smart, and tough as hell. She just won't take it when they try to hang that label around her, and they do. That's all they got to stop her is, you said the election was stolen, and you know what she does? She says, yeah, I did, because I think it was. It's my right as an American to have that opinion. We still have a First Amendment. I still believe I can. I still can speak my mind, and she does. And they keep trying to get her and say, "Oh, you're denying. Will you accept?" I love this one too. When they asked her if she'd accept the results, she said, "If I win, <laughs> that's the that's the Democrats' approach. If Stacey Abrams wins, she's governor. If she loses, she's she's a governor who had it stolen from her. That's Hillary Clinton. There's a thousand examples of Democrats denying the results of an election." Anyway, someone, they tried to do it again. She was making an appearance yesterday and one of the, uh, the Democrat operatives with press passes tried to get her on the election denial thing again. And she just handles it so well. Uh, hopefully you're watching because she, it's, you, you got to see her, you know, she's just so confident. She's so sure of herself, her opponent, the meek and weak Katie Hobbs, will not debate. She's refusing to debate, which is amazing. You should be disqualified. Talk about a threat to democracy, a candidate who wants to be governor or senator and refuses to debate like that John Fetterman. He's got brain damage. He can't speak. So he refuses to debate. You should never support a candidate who will not debate. That is gutless. They're asking for, in Fetterman's case, a six-year term. They're asking to be a senator. They're asking to make you know, 200,000 a year and, and, and sit in the Senate and they don't have the guts, the integrity to sit there and debate, debate their, their policies. That's the least they should do. There should be three, four, five debates. These cowards, the Democrats are a bunch of cowards because they can't defend their positions. Anyway, Carrie Lake in response to her weak, meek uh, opponent, she went on tour. She had an empty chair on stage with her and said, that's a seat for Katie Hobbs. She will not show up. And she says, no, I'm not going to be part of the sideshow. My schedule's full. I can't find the time. You are a pathetic coward, Katie Hobbs, and so are you, Fetterman. All of them. They're all just cowards. They will not debate. Anyway, she gets asked by the media, you know, what, what, uh, what about your election denial? You said the election was stolen and she just slaps them down so beautifully, so naturally, so off the cuff. Just here's, here's the deal. And uh, 
She did it again yesterday. Let's watch. I'm actually shocked you asked that question. <laughs> well, actually, answer. I don't think you get a tough one once in a while. <laughs> I did a little, actually, Anthony. Anthony, how old are you? 20. Are you a journalist? No. Well, you did better research than half these people. Um, let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying election results. Oh, wow, look at this. This is from, this is from uh, Joe Biden's press secretary. Reminder, Brian Kemp stole the gubernatorial election from Georgians and Stacey Abrams. Democrats saying that. Is that an election denier? Oh, look at this. Just heard Republican Ryan Costello said it would be difficult for Stacey Abrams to win because she lost her state bid, but yet she's still claiming she never lost. This is outright Hillary Clinton. Trump is an illegitimate president. Is she an election denier? This one says, was the 2016 election legitimate? It now definitely is a question worth asking. That's the Los Angeles Times. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections, but it's not okay for Republicans. It's a crock of BS. Every one of you knows it. We have our freedom of speech, and we're not going to relinquish it to a bunch of fake news propagandists. If you want a copy of these, I'm sure that we're, Anthony would help you get a copy and help you learn how to be journalists. But look it up. It's been happening for a long time. Since 2000, people have questioned the legitimacy of our elections. And all we're asking is that in the future, we don't have that have to happen anymore. When I'm governor, excuse me, when I'm governor, we're going to make sure we have honest elections. We want the Democrats, the independents, and the Republicans to all know that their vote counted. We want fair, honest, and transparent elections. And we're going to deliver that for the people. But just remember, guys, this is one page after Hillary Clinton says George W. Bush was selected president, not elected. So let's start. If you're going to start throwing around terms like election denier, let's remember who the other election deniers were. Hillary Clinton and all the Democrats. Next question. Oh, she's so good at this. She's so good at this. I wish you were running for Senate or running. You know what? In my dream, here it is, DeSantis Lake in 2024 and Biden-Harris stay together. So Joe Biden has to debate Ron DeSantis, which would be an absolute joke. And uh, and, and Carrie Lake versus Kamala Harris. How much fun would that be? How overmatched it would, would Kamala Harris be against that wonderful woman? I can dream. I'm sure it won't happen. I'm sure both of them will you know, probably just uh, you know, step aside for whoever. But there's nobody the Democrats can put up that can uh, beat that ticket, at least not on the, on the campaign trail or in, on the debate stage. It would be wonderful. We should get now, before we get to, you know what, we'll do a, we'll do a yee. I can, I'm not calling him yee, or is it yay? Yay. Yay or yee? Yay. Yay. We'll do, we'll get to yay, but let's do uh, Biden and Harris first and then we'll do yay. Um, because uh, we, we missed it. We forgot this yesterday. It's not a great, it's not, uh, it's not uh, consequential. It's not frightening. Like listening to Joe Biden talk about uh, Armageddon or nuclear war, but watching, this is one of the best Ron Burgundy moments. And I, I, I can't help. I think, I think of the people, the communication staff typing the stuff up and saying, okay, we got a website. How do we make sure he reads it correctly? Mm-hmm. And they, they put a period, or do they write the word dot? I think, I think they're like D space O space T. They, they, they don't know what to do. He's just such a empty, empty head, and just, they're just such a blank, uh, uh, hopeless, frail, weak, incoherent, inept, a shell of a man that I don't envy them. I don't envy. I mean, Corrine Jean-Pierre is just an idiot, but uh, her job is hopeless. Here is Joe Biden reading something written for him on the teleprompter. You know, that massive teleprompter with these letters, like the big as a billboard and he's reading it and he does not know how to read the web address of something. And uh, it's quick, but it's funny. Go ahead. If you get any questionable calls, Please tell us by going to report fraud, report fraud, D-O-T-F-T-C dot gov. <laughs> D 
T. So some person out there, some idiot is out there. Oh yeah, I'm getting questionable calls. D O T. It won't work. <laughs> D O T. Oh, is it capital D? No, it's small D. D O T. Damn, this web address doesn't work. <laughs> Oh God! At least he—I guess he wasn't—you know—didn't have ice cream dripping down his chin. <laughs> I'm not sure we're going to see another photo op with Joe Biden with his double waffle cone and his chocolate chocolate chip. That was such a terrible visual. But what what is it? What do we have from Kamala today? Let's let's throw her in the mix because I'm I'm I am fantasizing Carrie Lake versus Kamala Harris debate stage tonight in wherever in Pennsylvania. I would be, I'd be fully aroused. I would be like, I, I, I would, uh, I, I, I don't think I could, uh, um, <laughs> I don't think I could handle that. That would be just so wonderful. Well, but, you ju- we just watched what is that. She doing? Oh, we, she's, talking, she's talking about climate freaking change. Yeah, but she has to answer a question. But if you compare this video to the Carrie Lake one we just watched, I also can't wait for the debates in 2024. Uh, I know it's, I know it's a ways off, and I know. Um, we're going to focus on uh, Carrie Lake has to get elected. And by the way, she's going to get elected. She's going to build a wall. She's going to put the National Guard on the border. She's going to save Arizona. And she's going to set an example for governors around the country. She's going to set an example for Republicans on how to fight back against the corrupt corporate media. But anyway, hopefully in two years, this will be her opponent. But uh, is uh, Kamala's talking about friggin' climate change again. Yeah, they, um, the question is, uh, what have you guys done to help climate change? And, you know, something that she ran on and they are all promising and everything. And, and this is the uh, answer for everything she's had so far. Uh, how, how could you tell, you know, three weeks, less than three weeks to the election, how could you tell one of the leaders of your party to talk about climate change? You know nobody cares. You know nobody's buying the snake oil you're selling that, you know, they see on TV, these punks throwing soup on paintings and dumping milk on the floor. And they say, I hate these people. Nobody cares. Nobody's no, everyone knows there's no climate crisis. Everyone knows at this point they're making it up to scare voters. That's what they do. It's a threat to democracy. It's an existential threat. I don't mean We're to. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't mean to spoil the clip, but I think she cares about uh, climate change as much as we do, judging by her answer. <laughs> she doesn't. Right. She doesn't. Nobody really cares. Nobody. The only people who really care have been brainwashed. They don't really understand the issue. And they think because they're professor. Uh, at, at, at Oberlin told them that we're all going to die in eight years. They bought it. They believe it. So they say, oh, we got to do something or we're going to die. Those are the only people who really believe it. Politicians are just using it, obviously. But let's listen to this airhead talk about whatever. What are some of the climate actions that the administration has taken that folks may not know so much about? Well, a lot of it has to do with a, a real intentionality that we have uh, to reshift industries and um, do that in a way that we are emphasizing the importance of U.S. investment in U.S.-based R&D research and development. Uh, the, the president and I both care deeply about the importance of investing in, in, in scientists and engineers and, and that research. Many of you may know my mother was a scientist. What are you laughing about? What are you <laughs> laughing about? It is amazing. I'll say this. You know, I, I don't understand all the particulars about climate change. I know it's uh, being used as a political issue to scare people. Uh, and, to, and to take more control and more money from taxpayers. But imagine thinking that Kamala Harris knows something about, about climate science that you don't know. Imagine thinking that person, that absolutely vacuous, vapid individual could ever tell you something enlightening or informative about anything, let alone science just come. My mother was a scientist. Your mother was a professor. Your father was, you were a little rich kid, a little privileged kid. You've never earned a, a, a paycheck in your life. You're an embarrassment to the country. And people are, 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 are wondering, you know, what the hell you have to offer you. I mean, you're just, you're just so empty She's a, and you a, just giggle uncontrollably like a child. Yeah. God, please, quick prayer, quick prayer, Lord Jesus Christ in heaven, please make Carrie Lake 
the nominee and Kamala, the nominee, please let them meet on a debate stage. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Uh, thank you, Allah. Thank you, everybody. Please let these two meet. God, that would be the highlight of my life. I think you missed a few gods that Kamala's claimed to uh, pray to. By the way, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> I, I missed a few gendered gods. Yes, uh, I don't know Yahweh. I don't know whatever gods. Uh, you know, yeah. How about uh, whatever? Please to to my Lord to see my Lord and Savior Larry Joe Bird. Please let uh, Kamala meet meet uh, Carrie Lake on the debate stage. All right, let's get the yay. Yay is in the news. Yay. I'm back on the yay bandwagon. You know, I was on the bandwagon. That was off an hour back on. We'll tell you what the latest with uh, Kanye, formerly known as Kanye, now just yay. And you better get it right. You better use his real official legal name. He doesn't like to be called Kanye, which is stupid. Kanye is a cool name. Kanye West is a catchy name, but he doesn't like it as a slave name, he said. So now he's yay. Anyway, we'll get to that. But uh, first. Hey, you want to learn more about the uh, precast concrete industry? Well, here's your chance. Shake Concrete's presenting precast days. They do this every year. It's a fun event. It's a really educational uh, opportunity for people, spe uh, specifiers, engineers, contractors, or anyone else interested in the industry. You get an up-close and personal look at the New England-based precast concrete industry. Certified precast concrete plants, they're opening their doors to explain the industry to people who might want to learn a little more. You can learn about their equipment, their technology, engineering expertise, everything that goes into making resilient precast concrete products day in and day out. They're, they're fun too. You go to the plant from nine to three, you get lunch. They got a big rig barbecue, a cookie monster, one of those uh, food trucks, uh, the empanada data and lobster love, believe me. You'll eat plenty. You'll have a good time. You'll get a tour and you'll learn all about the industry. Maybe you'll even find a job. The next one is October 21st in Wilmington, then October 25th in Rochester. And then the big one, October 28th in Amesbury. That's the main plant. Go check it out. Get a tour. Have lunch. You can learn more about precast concrete days at SheaConcrete.com. I know good deed goes unpunished. Kanye West, two years ago, let me get the date exactly. Kanye West um, donated, this was June 4th, 2020. Kanye West donated $2 million uh, to the victims, to the families of uh, Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. He set up a 529 education plan to fully cover the tuition for Gianna Floyd, the six-year-old daughter of George Floyd. That would be two years ago, so she's eight years old. Gianna yesterday announced, or her team, her family, her lawyers announced, she's suing, yay. She's suing the guy that's paying for a college education and giving her family money because her drug addict, counterfeit, bill-passing criminal father, George Floyd, absentee father, by the way, I'll never forget this story. One of his older kids, he has five kids. One of his older kids was interviewed after he died two years ago and had lived, had to be his oldest kid. And she said she lived in Minneapolis for like the last 15 years and she'd never seen him. He moved from Minneapolis to, from Houston to Minneapolis and she'd never seen him. I mean, he's, he wasn't a good father. I'm just going to, I might get sued, but I'm just going to say George Floyd, who was, uh, had taken a lethal dose, dose of fentanyl along with meth and THC, tried to pass a counterfeit bill after robbing a pregnant woman at gunpoint. That guy, the guy where, who's now, you can see him in statues and paintings and murals. That guy was uh, not a good father. Just my take, but uh, I may get sued. Um, anyway, as we know, Kanye, now known as Ye, talked on that podcast, uh, the Drinks Champs podcast, about um, uh, about George Floyd and said he died from fentanyl. Now, no reasonable person believes he that fentanyl didn't contribute to the death. I, I believe. I believe Derek Chauvin contributed to the death. I believe Derek Chauvin was uh, 
sadistic that day, holding his knee on his shoulder and his neck. I don't know. It's it's there's some debate, but anyway. Uh, and um, Kanye said he had his knee on his shoulder. Whatever. It's his opinion. They had a whole trial. There's lots of videos. There's pictures. You can say, like the medical examiner did, that if Kanye West had died sitting in a chair in his living room, the, the medical examiner would have called it a fentanyl overdose. He died under the knee of Derek Chauvin. So we're supposed to just conclude that fentanyl had nothing to do with it. He had a lethal dose. You can look at the autopsy. You could see the, um, the, uh, the amount of uh, fentanyl and meth and THC. They have the actual like milligrams in his blood system. So it was a factor. Okay. It was a factor. Uh, Kanye said, uh, what did he say? Exactly. He said it, it was obviously convoluted. He said, they hit him with fentanyl. If you look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. Okay. They hit him with fentanyl. He, he, uh, he had fentanyl in his system. Well, Kanye West, uh, this is from uh, Newsweek. The family of George Floyd is preparing to file a lawsuit against Kanye West for recent comments refuting the circumstances of Floyd's death. A statement released by Witherspoon Law and Dixon and Dixon Attorneys at Law announced that Roxy Washington, the mother of Floyd's daughter, is working to file a $250 million lawsuit for misappropriation, defamation, and infliction of emotional distress against West, who has changed his name to Yay. Um, as a as a guest on the Drinks Champ podcast, he discussed the documentary made by Candace Owens titled The Greatest Lie Ever Sold and alleged that Floyd's death was caused by fentanyl, not asphyxiation, which medical experts determined was the cause of death. I watched yesterday, I watched the medical examiner, uh, his testimony. I mean, they, they literally say on the stand, yes, he had a deadly dose of fentanyl in his system. So if your opinion is he wouldn't have died without that fentanyl, you can get sued for $250 million because it causes emotional distress. This is insane. Again, I have no sympathy for Alex Jones or Kanye West. He's an anti-Semitic lunatic. We've, we've established that. But... This is a crazy precedent. I mean, you can't have the opinion that fentanyl killed him or you could get sued for a quarter of a billion dollars by these grifters. Um, you think he already paid for her education? You think he already relinquished the rights to that 529? Because, man, these people are ingrates. I mean, you could say you don't like what he said. You can call him out. You could You, you could try to correct the record, but you're going to try and take him for a quarter of a billion dollars because you think what he said was, was, uh, you know, hurtful. It's a strange day, strange time in America. And I guess you gotta, you know, it's, you gotta be careful of what you say because there are slip and fall, fall, fall lawyers ready to come after you. The difference in Alex Jones and Kanye West is Alex. They're both rich and they're both unlikable. What Alex Jones said about the Sandy hooks kid, Sandy hook kids, was demonstrably false. I mean, obviously it was ridiculous that they were crisis actors and they weren't real kids. What, what uh, Kanye West said was at least debatable, arguable, you know, they hit him with fentanyl. I don't even know what that means. They hit him, but fentanyl was a factor. The knee was on the shoulder, not the neck. Well, I watched the video yesterday again from the trial. It's debatable. It's hard to tell. Okay, that's a reasonable opinion. That's that could cost him, you know, a quarter of a billion dollars. This is crazy, crazy time. But anyway, let's do the uh, the interview again. I'm out on the Kanye. I mean, obviously, this suit is insane, but I'm out on the Kanye thing. He's not brilliant. He's not thoughtful. He's not bold and brave. He's crazy. He's anti-Semitic. He's unhinged with this Jewish, with these Jewish conspiracy theories, like the Jews are controlling everything. I don't know where that comes from. Maybe he sits home and watches videos of Louis Farrakhan. Maybe he's going to some church and listening to some Jeremiah Wright knockoff. I don't know. But he does an interview with Chris Cuomo the other night. And Chris Cuomo's on News Nation now. We talked about his debut. Nobody's watching. Most people don't even know what News Nation is. It's not Newsmax. 
That's different. Newsmax is a real player in the cable news industry. News Nation, not so much. Anyway, he does the interview from, I think, in the back seat of a car, in the dark while driving. And listen, I, you know what? I, I don't think I can handle an interview with Kanye West. He's just so difficult. Chris Cuomo is getting ready to talk about all the big issues. And, he, and Kanye can't get over the fact that on the Chiron, and you're looking at it if you're watching with us, Kanye reportedly buying conservative social media app. It's about him buying Parler. What upsets Kanye? The fact that they didn't write yay. <laughs> let's, let's watch and listen. It's obviously, it's hard to listen to. The audio is not great. The video's terrible because he's in the backseat of a car. There's a billionaire doing an interview on cable news and he can't, you know, pull over. He's got a, He's in the back of a car with a hood on and a hat on and his head down. He is just so strange. Go ahead. Let's play it. Yes, but I want you guys to hear me and see me. Can you hear me and see me? I can. I see you. You're in the back of a car. You got a hoodie and a hat on. Okay, cool. I see I see the double. All right. Uh, You guys are supposed to be made aware to use my legal name, Yay. I've changed my name like how Cassius Clay changed his name to Muhammad Ali. Uh, I'm, I'm sure you guys didn't mean it as any disrespect, but at least on the Chiron, changed my name to Ye. You can say formerly known as Kanye West if you'd like to, but my name is Ye. Why'd you change uh, it? Just, uh, sir, uh, I need to have the name changed. We'll change it. Uh, yeah, but we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll change it. I'm asking you, why did you change it? Just so people can understand. Well, actually, I don't owe people an explanation to start off with. I have the right to change my name. I have the right in America to vote on whoever I want to vote on. We have certain rights where, as celebrities and even as the the black voting block, as they call it, the black vote, the black vote are forced to, you know, always talk about their finances, always talk about their names, but. It was really, um, uh, I didn't, the name West is a slave name. And I wanted to free myself of all of the older mentality. That is, that is the reason I'm telling you that. Understood. Uh, Understood I, and appreciated. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, so let's go. Now, what's the questions we got? <laughs> oh, and if you're, if you're just listening, he's in the back of a car. You can barely see him. I mean, don't even, he doesn't even put the light on in the car. <laughs> like how Cuomo's clearly getting fucking furious, too. He's like, all right. Cuomo's like, what, what are we doing here? And they actually, if you're watching along, they changed the Chiron in real time and made Kanye yay. So yay's not a slave name, but Kanye is? What the hell? I'm telling you, the more he talks, the more I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm on Team Kim. Even though, you know, she's having sex by the fire with a heroin addict and being controlled by the Jews. I, uh, I, I can't imagine. Imagine being married to that guy. Imagine being with him every day. It just he's oh, so know. difficult. Life sounds pretty good for Pete Davidson. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> just sitting by the fire. Just stuck with Kate Beckinsale. I mean, just man, his uh, his, his someday he's going to look back and. Man, what a what a resume! Does Giselle go anyway. that, that? That's my pick for Giselle's next. No, that's a good one. Giselle's going to end up with. Uh, I was walking around Boston yesterday, and there's a big billboard like on the side of a bus stop. Giselle selling crypto, saying, and and a big picture of Giselle, and I'm like, is she going to go like really go hardcore and be everywhere now, be on all the magazines and doing commercials and making money because you know it's her time. It's a good question. Good transition, Ironhead. Let's get to Brady. Brady's having a bad week. I mean, a really bad week. Not used to seeing this. Brady making so many, uh, taking so many missteps. Uh, As we know, Friday he went to Kraft's wedding solo. He took his wedding ring off and went to Kraft's wedding. I wonder if there was a a lot of ladies there. Um, Bob Kraft, who I I like a lot, a big fan of Bob Kraft, but it was a strange event, middle of football season, invited a bunch of football players and coaches and commentators and had guys like, and I asked this the other day, you had guys like Randy Moss who was on the team for two years. Where was Zolak? Where was Max Lane? Where were these, you know, these fixtures? I guess they weren't famous enough. And this was a, this was an event for the rich and famous and 
Tom Brady qualifies. So he made the trip up. He missed a meeting and a walkthrough, which would be fine. It was fine for David Andrews and for Darren, uh, uh, Devin McCourty because they won. Tom Brady lost to the lowly Steelers. And during the loss, he threw a tantrum on his alignment. So it was a bad look. Well, he did one of those podcasts Monday night with Jim Gray and uh, Larry Fitzgerald. And he, he, he did something, he, a rookie mistake. I'm just going to call it a rookie mistake. You learn, there's certain things you learn in, uh, in, a, in, 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 in my line of work in journalism when I was younger and working for newspapers and magazines is nobody's Hitler. You know, you don't compare people to Hitler unless, you know, they really earn it like, like Joe Biden. Uh, I'm just kidding. You don't compare politicians to Hitler. Nobody's Hitler. Only Hitler's Hitler. Listening, Tulsi and, Gabbard. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, she's close. That's like she close. She left the Democrat Party. Yes. Now she yeah, she, she compared yeah. uh, she compared Joe Biden to Hitler in New Hampshire yesterday. Yeah, well, that's okay. Tulsi, you know, <laughs> that's okay. He's earned it anyway. You know, it's you find someone else if you're sitting writing a story and you're thinking of comparing someone to Hitler. Go a different direction. It's like it's like uh, what's his face, Hank Williams. Hank Williams Jr. used to sing the national, uh, sing the song on Monday Night Football. Are you ready for football? And he was just talking about Obama, I think, playing golf with Rush Limbaugh or something. And he said that would be like B.B. Netanyahu playing golf with Hitler. That's all he said. And he lost his job. That was one of the early cancel culture uh, yeah. victims. He, he just he was just looking for an analogy and he get, made one. It was not. It was, he was just you know, off the cuff and it cost him his job, probably cost him millions of dollars because he invoked Hitler. Now it's double standard. If it was a liberal who did that, it's okay. But anyway, the other one is don't compare anything to war. Football's not war, you know, baseball, hockey, even boxing. They're not war. Tom Brady at 45 years old, 20, whatever, three years in the spotlight should know better. He compares life in the NFL, where again I remind you, you make a lot of money. In Tom Brady's case, he's made over you know whatever three hundred million in his career. He and his wife, his estranged wife, are billionaires, I believe, and uh, he gets six months off a year. He flies private. He lives in mansions all over the world. The sport, this job, takes him away from his kids, so he compared it to being deployed in the military and immediately people on, on social media were killing him for this as well. They should, it ain't the military, Tom, you're not a soldier. Soldiers don't have five or six mansions. They don't have private jets. They don't have limos waiting for them. They don't get six months off a year to spend with their wife and kids, but let's listen to Tom. I'm sure he meant no real harm, but it was a bad a bad decision to invoke the military, but let's listen to Tom. Say something about that. Cause sure. it's a good Go point. And you know, and you feel certainly me being 45 now, it's like, do I, I just think the same way? Do I still, I almost look at like a football season, like you're going away on deployment yeah. in the military. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, man, here I go again. And there's only one way to do it. And I think Jim, we've talked from time to time just about how do you enjoy the certain moments of it? You know, and the reality is, is you can really only be authentic to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Whatever you may say, oh man, I want to, you know, make sure I spend a little more time doing this, you know, during the season. Yeah. The reality yeah. is, is when it comes down to it, your competitiveness takes over. And as much as you want to have this playful balance with the work <laughs> balance, yeah. you're going to end up doing exactly what you've always done, which is why you are who you are. You're going to go, how the f do I get it done? You know what? This I think it, it, that's a tacit admission that it's his fault. It's his fault his marriage uh, disintegrated because he t spent too much time away. But that's who he is. He's always going to be that way. He's football first. He's married to football. She knew it. Everyone knew it. But the idea is like a military deployment. First of all, you come home every night. You know, you travel one night, maybe two nights for eight or nine trips a year that's it you know you, it's not like baseball where you have 12 game uh, road trips on the west coast or or even you know uh, even basketball or hockey football has a one game road trip sometimes it's one night sometimes it's two nights that's it you come home to your house you put your kids to bed every night if you choose to 
And in January, or in his case, early February, it's over. And it doesn't start again technically till July. I mean, you get more time with your family, with your wife than most people, people who work normal jobs. And you're comparing it to being deployed overseas in the military? God, bad move. Bad move from uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. All right, I want to... Uh, I want to get to this uh, drag queen story before we wrap this up, because we, we've done a little bit of this, but not that much about this uh, proliferation of, of drag queen shows. We talked about the ones in Boston at all the public libraries. We had these, these, these performers, these drag queens, which are men mocking women, mocking women, doing a parody of women. These are men pretending to be women. These are men mocking women. This drag queen shows are no different than minstrel shows. You're co-opting another, another gender. You're, you're a man pretending to be a woman and not a normal woman, a flamboyant, crazy, sometimes fat women. Sometimes you have oversized, you know, pretend boobs and, you know, you shake your ass. You're mocking women. Uh, how it's even allowed in this day and age, uh, where you know, we hear all about cultural appropriation, how it is even allowed at a at a adult place, an adult venue, a strip joint, a bar, or whatever, a private club is beyond me. Why women don't find this offensive is beyond me. But that's beside the point. We can deal with the, the just the very nature of drag queens. Another time, what we're dealing with today is how the hell is a kid, a child, our children allowed near these freaks. These are men, again, men pretending to be women, mocking women, and they're doing it for ch in front of children and they're completely over the top sexualizing the performance. And this is just the latest. This one is in Plano, Texas, a Dallas suburb at a club called Ebb and Flow. This is a brunch. This is during the day. This is the middle of the day and it says on the little flyer, all ages welcome, minors should be accompanied by an adult. So as you can see, if you're looking along, watching along, there is a minor right in the middle. And there's a bunch of other minors. There's other angles. There's other video. There's other first person accounts. And this drag queen, this man mocking women, uh, he doesn't just shake it and dance. He sings and he acts out sex acts. And people throw dollar bills at him. And right in front of him in this video is what? An eight-year-old? Seven-year-old? Oh, that's a four or five-year-old for sure. Four or five-year-old. And there's, you know, other kids, teenagers, there's old ladies. There's, there's, there's a lot of women there laughing and throwing dollar bills at this person. This could be the worst one I've seen yet. I've seen some bad ones. I'm sure the ones in Boston were, were terrible and depraved and, you know, little children handing dollar bills to pretend strippers. But you wouldn't allow a real woman, a biological woman, to go in there and do a strip tease and pull up her dress and sing about her private parts. That would never be allowed. Some reason when a man does it mocking women, we're supposed to accept it. But watch this. Try to listen to the lyrics. Um, I can try to fill in some blanks when we're done, but explain to me how these children in this room should not be taken away from these unfit, horrible parents. Go ahead, play it, Ironhead. Okay, how in the hell do the, the cops not banging on this door? That little kid, you say four or five, six or seven, is staring in horror as this man in a dress thrusts up and down singing about his pussy. And I, I can't even I can't even give you the rest of the lyrics, but it's all about his pussy and what he wants you to do to his pussy and pulling up his dress to show you his underwear and whatever the hell he's got under the underwear. I don't know. And then thrusting up and down and right in front of him is a five-year-old girl looking on in horror. That is supposed to be good, clean fun. 
How is that not an outrage? How is that not a, 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 how is that not proof that that parent, I assume that mother sitting right next to or right behind that child, how is that mother not under investigation by child services? What is the point of child services if not to get a child out of an unhealthy, dangerous situation, which would be that? And by the way, they're throwing dollar bills at this guy. They're throwing dollar bills at him like, oh, this is great. Thrusting up and down and singing about his pussy in front of a bunch of kids. How I, the parents, I the parents are also fucking stupid. Is that I mean, how could I'd love for someone to defend that? I know we don't have time and probably don't have anybody uh, on our comment line, but we should get somebody who can defend that. Explain that to me, how that's appropriate for kids. And why can't they just leave kids out of it. I know this is simplistic. This is obvious, but you want to do that. I mean, I, I, I find it strange, weird, but consenting adults go to some strip club or gay club or whatever private club, do your thing, thrust up and down all you want and sing about your pussy. But in front of little children, why, why, what are you trying to do? What, what do you, what's the end game are you trying to get these kids to accept this depravity and at a young age and grow up thinking it's okay? I don't get it. I'll never get it. And uh, thank God for Christopher Rufo and Libs of TikTok and a few others, uh, Sarah Gonzalez, who are exposing this. Who are, I mean, if there weren't people like them, this thing would just spread and, and, and I guess uh, become acceptable. And we would, you know, the deny it happened and say, Oh no, it's adults only, but we get to see the face of the child looking on in horror at this insane, at this insanity. And, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's an issue in three weeks. Maybe people say, you know, we've gone down this friggin' slippery slope too far. Time to put the brakes on time to vote these bums out, hopefully. But that is probably, we've seen a lot of those, a lot of those performances that has to be the worst or the, the most depraved I've seen. And if you haven't, there's a video out there you can look for. It has the subtitles and has exactly what this performer is saying in that little song that, that you got to see. And if you missed it, he's, he's thrusting up and down while pulling up his dress and exposing his ass and his whatever, whatever his crotch. Whatever's going on uh, down there. You, 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 you went to that. Iron, you want to defend it? Go ahead. You, you do it. Play the devil's advocate. Defend that. Explain that to me. Um, well, he's pretending to be a girl, and this is a girl, so it's nothing she hasn't seen before. Um, she's going to figure she, out puberty or something. I don't fucking know. I can't do it. <laughs> it's the, it's good it's, luck. You I think what? it's the one I thing that everyone it. actually agrees on, except for like the psychotically psycho lefties. I know. And it's like, why can't you just do that in front of adults? Why do you have to do that to kids? I think it's a <laughs> I fetish. Know. I think it turns them on. I think it's a power play. Look what I can do in front of children. And he's throwing it in the face of, you know, the people who are against this and saying, you can't stop me. Twerking. I can do it. Yeah. I can thrust up and down and sing about, I'm a man. I have a, all men, men's body parts, but I can sing about my pussy in front of little kids and you can't stop me. I think so, it's an act of, of defiance. I think it's an act of uh, showing he has the power and, and, and challenging people to try and stop me. Go ahead. Try and stop me. I, this is in Texas. Yeah, <sighs> a guy, a guy in a dress twerking in front of kids to a song about munch and box. That's, that's what's happening. Yeah, see, that's okay. Let's throw it out there. Anybody who wants to defend that, call Ironhead or reach out to Ironhead on Twitter. Or you're, you're coming on the show if you can defend this. <laughs> yes, we'll have you on tomorrow. What's uh, how, how can they reach out to you, Ironhead? Uh, go to my Twitter at Craig VGS and just uh, Craig DM me. VGS on Twitter. Reach out to him. Tell him you want to come on and defend. Explain this. Tell me how this is not utter depravity and insanity but all right we'll leave it there for today oh man we had lots more to get to but there'll be another day we'll do it we'll do it again we'll do it again tomorrow maybe the next day maybe next week oh by the way today at 3 30 if you got nothing better to do i will be on newsmax i don't know what we're talking about issues of the day maybe uh talking about the election the polls carrie lake i'm not sure but check it out if uh it's on my on my Comcast. It's one 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 five. 
Uh, but find it, Newsmax. I will be there today at 3.30. I will leave it there for today. Thanks to everyone for watching and listening. Thanks to you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not Who thinks it takes Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify. Finding suitable mental health medications can be a challenge. The GeneSight test may help. Did you know that genetics can play an important role in gaining insight on how a person may respond to various medications? Understanding this may help reduce medication trial and error. GeneSight is a genetic test that analyzes variations in DNA. It shows how genes may affect someone's metabolism or response to medications commonly prescribed to treat depression, anxiety, and other mental health conditions. Visit GeneSight.com for more information.